0: EFTM. Take
1: care lifestyle. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long.
0: EFTM.
1: I really should update the clock in the office. Still not daylight savings time. So will look over. Ah, it's 10 o'clock. Nah, it's 11. And the baseball's about to start. Game six of the World Series. And for those of you who don't know, I'm a massive baseball fan. Love the Dodgers. My whole family is into it. And it's probably one of the coolest things that kind of brings us all together. So, yeah, I'm a bit distracted right now. It's also Wednesday, not Tuesday, when I normally record. Um, So apologies for that. But, you know, life is about priorities. It really is. Um, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But a bunch of calls to get through today. And I've got some thoughts on a couple of cool things that I've noticed around the place at the moment. Um, but most importantly, this show is really all about um, you learning from other people and me about technology. So if you've got a question about technology, look, this is the thing. There's no stupid question. I've read them all. They're not stupid. Um, they might be strange to you, but they're strange to someone else as well. And that's a great thing about kind of answering those questions is someone else is going to tweet to it. And I know they're not for everyone, but... Um, I can tell you right now, I don't feel repetitive about anything that we've got coming up on the show. So it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a lot of fun, and I hope you can stick with me for the duration. Um, <laughs> it might be short, let's be honest, because the baseball's about to start. Um, but we'll uh, we'll get cracking, and we'll have a good show here on the EFTM podcast. I've got my desk at like standing desk height you know, so you can stand up at your desk, and it is pretty cool, I'll be honest, I've been standing for the last hour and I quite like it, but then I walked backwards just then and I bumped into a stool, so now I'm sitting on a stool at, at a height, so I feel like I'm at a, uh, you know, one of those uh, bistros or, or bars that have high tables, so I feel like I'm there, might need to order lunch, and eat it like this, anyway, irrelevant to everything, uh, it is Wednesday because I normally record on a Tuesday morning, and we have been habitually doing that. But uh, yesterday morning, I had to shoot a story, and that's part of what I want to talk about. It was it was great, great fun, and we'll we'll have this story for you hopefully later this week on the Today Show. It's about augmented reality. Now, um, there's two augmented reality things I want to tell you about. The first one is Volkswagen. It's pretty cool. Hyundai also have this, but uh, Volkswagen have just launched it um, for a couple of their vehicles. You go to the Volkswagen website or the AR website and stand in your driveway and you choose the AR experience, choose the color of the car, and the car appears in your driveway. Now, it's, it's remarkably good. It's a really good quality uh, augmented reality vehicle. It's not quite enough to you know, know the shadows and all that kind of stuff, so obviously it doesn't look in place perfectly, but it's to scale so you can see how the car fits in your driveway. Put it next to your other car and see whether it looks good in the colour that you choose. You can actually kind of walk into the car so you can see the dashboard and experience it. It's Like for me, it's like, okay, that's pretty cool. But I was showing it to other people who had not seen this before and they were blown away by it. And I think that's one of the things about a lot of these kind of newish technologies is some of us in the bubble – we're just blasé to it. Whereas a lot of people have never tried these things. And I think for those of you that are long-term listeners and are super nerdy like me and early adopters, you know who you are. I think you use these things, whether I tell you about them or whether you hear them somewhere else, to show off. You Like you show people them when you're at a, at a, at a barbecue or you, you, you show people when you're suddenly talking about that thing. And it is impressive when people see it for the first time. So the Volkswagen experience is such that you can – uh, look, you literally buy the car online because that's what they're moving towards. But in broad terms, I, I was saying, look, I think people are hesitant to go to a car dealer. You know, it's not the best experience. I think I think I've talked through my experience recently. So let's not let's not re recover that ground. But you know, do you really want to ask those questions? Do you feel comfortable there, or do you just want to go and do the deal, or do you just want to go and drive the car and then do the deal? So what this allows you to do is get that sense of the car, look around the car. Talk about the car. You might spend more time looking at the car in a virtual augmented reality sense than you would actually in a dealership, and that's what's really cool about it. Then you take it the next level and you organise a test drive, and, and it's interesting because don't forget the power is with you as the buyer. You can organise that test drive. Tell them to bring the car to your house. Say I would like someone to bring the car to me on Friday afternoon. I'd like to, I'd like to drive it around my neighbourhood. That you can do that, and you know what? If you're real close. Ask them if you can borrow it for the night. Does it fit in the garage? Uh, does it accommodate your needs? Mate, that's what the demo, a dealer demo is a road registered vehicle that is used to demonstrate the car. Ask for it overnight. Now, don't be greedy. Don't do it on like a Friday night or a Saturday when they, they might be you know, low on stock. Do it on a Tuesday night. Like find a way to make it work. This process should be about you, Not them. And that's a really cool thing. Now, the other augmented reality, and this was quite hilarious because we were shooting this story. You know, there's cameras at my house. There's people, someone, one of Amanda's friends was meant to drop something off and she didn't because there was cameras at the house (laughs) recording a story. Um, But an email came through literally during this recording of a segment about augmented reality. Uh, And it was about spring-free trampolines. Now, I've put this up at eftm.com, a couple of screenshots of my filthy backyard with a spring-free trampoline in it. Now, A trampoline is a tough thing. They're big units sometimes, right? So, and there's like six or seven or 10 different models of spring-free trampoline. So which one's going to fit in that corner? Which one's going to fit where you want it? You, this is no app required, nothing required other than a smartphone, a reasonably new one in the last couple of years and their website. You go to springfree, I think it's .com.au, and you go to shop. So you actually go to the shopping page and you look at all the options. You go, oh, view in AR. You stand at the back, you scan the floor, and then you look up. Now, I put, a, I put one in my lounge room, of course, who doesn't? But then I went out the back and it was awesome because you can pinch and, and squeeze it, but it doesn't change the size of it. It pushes it into the background. It moves it on the in the yard. So it's, again, it's about being the perfect representation of that trampoline. Um... And I just think that is such a cool thing because trampolines, fitting, that's a lot of it, a lot of time to go through to put one of those buggers up before you know it fits. Such a cool implementation of augmented reality. I was so impressed with it and I recommend you have a play with it, even if you're looking to buy a trampoline. Put one in the backyard and show the kids. Tease them. Make them think you're going to. Um, and uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are off to a great start with the annoying Randy Arosiana. Um, who is just an unbelievable hitter, has hit a home run at his first at-bat on his second pitch. So this is going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day for me. Anyway, <laughs> you're all thinking, oh, the NRL and the AFL is over. I couldn't hear rats about those. I'm here for the baseball, baby. World Series time. Anyway, let me know if you've played with augmented reality and, and what you've seen of it. Um, I'd love to know your thoughts uh, here on the EFTM podcast. Yes, Thank you for listening. Trevor, along with you, taking your calls, talking technology or whatever it is that's on your mind. G'day, Grant. G'day, Trevor. How are you doing? Real good, mate. Where are you about? Where are you based? I'm based in Bathurst. God, love the mountain.
2: God, love the mountain. I mean, yes, once exactly. you live looking there, at it right now.
1: Once you live there, do you stop driving around it? Because I'm not sure I ever would.
2: Well, when you drive around it, you take on a real appreciation for what the drivers are doing at breakneck speed. Don't
1: you what? Yes. And you also get a great appreciation for how great the council is for building that thing on the inside so that the people don't walk on the curbs.
2: That's true. That's true. Because that's a bit of a nightmare because I always walk on the wrong side of the road.
1: It's like, people, please, what are you doing? I mean, we're we're all driving the speed limit here, but it's still blind corners and stuff, fair income, Exactly. And that that top, that viewing platform is just magnificent. I I saw it uh, earlier in the year and just thought, wow, that's such a good idea. Anyway, that's not why we're talking. What can I do for you, mate?
2: Well, like I'm also, I'm a video content producer and I do a bit of drone work, but I'm struggling to find a, a, a tablet that has, really good brightness when you're out in daylight so I, tried? You know, I, oh, all i've got is a little lenovo uh eight inch little cheapy thing and yeah. i got it because the size was right yep. not really contemplating what was really required once outdoors so i thought on. you put a you put a hood over it or something like that the hoods but, never work
1: do you know what i mean nah, like, <clears throat> i remember the my, my my phantom i bought a a hood that kind of folds up yeah, it's pretty cool but in the end, it's, it's more trouble than it's worth. It kind of, it's another thing that kind of flops around and flaps around on the controller that you don't ne- I don't. I just don't need any weird things going on when you're flying a drone. That's, that's what I was always like. Um, these days with the Mavic, you know, I just use a mobile phone in the, in the, in the little controller because it's, you know, that tiny little clamp. You can't really put in a big. Yeah. What sort of drone have you got? Because you can't really use a tablet uh, the, on, on a lot of them.
2: Yeah, look, it's the Mavic 2 Pro.
1: So that means you've you got that little sort of smartphone clamp style.
2: Yeah, yeah, but I find the the, the phone. You know, uh, I'm not I'm not the young fella anymore, so no. that the eyesight's a bit failing. So the bigger the screen, the better. But sort of buttons not like you stuff. You can put an a iPad in
1: there. An iPad Mini wouldn't even fit in there, would it? Um, not not in the slot. No, no. no. But I've got a, I've got a bracket for it. Oh, to, okay. to mount. Look, yeah. The bottom line is, and this is kind of annoying but true. Uh, the the more you pay, the better the screen. Um, of course. And Apple and Samsung make the best screens. You'd be surprised how darn good the Samsung ones are. A lot of people don't kind of bother with them, but, jeez, they're great tablets, and they're super thin and super light as well. And because you really don't need it for much else, um, you're not going to be left wanting. But I'll tell you right now, if you use it as the everyday driver as a tablet, you won't be left wanting either because they're awesome tablets. Um, mm-hmm. If you were to get the Galaxy Tab I don't know what number they're up to, 5E. Um, e or There's an E on the end or the light. Um, they change their nomenclature every year. Um, but they're super thin, super light. Um, they're good tablets, great screens. Really, you can't go wrong with a Samsung or an Apple, um, and and you'll never look back because that Lenovo is a great tablet for sitting in the lounge room and watching Netflix on or browsing the web but as soon as you get it outside it just you know it just doesn't have the screen capabilities you know it's one of the things Apple does really well the other thing you could do is look at getting a um like what size phone do you carry what size phone do you have
2: uh, i'm on a uh, iphone 7s uh, plus or well, 7 plus yeah 7s yeah, S plus i was
1: just yeah. going to say you know the plus phones are I mean, it's a big screen, but that's not good enough. That's not big enough, you old man.
2: <laughs> is that what you saying? Yeah, look, yeah, the toys are good for young people, but when you start to have to use them professionally and, and you know, you're know you a bit older, the eyesight starts to struggle.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. Um, mate, yeah, I think, I don't know, I'm trying to think whether the, the, the current generation, I think it's fifth generation iPad mini, is going to be as impressive as... For example, the new iPad Air, which is a huge expense at nine hundred bucks, but far out, man. It's, I mean, it's it's the screen stunning. But I yeah. would I would argue that the mid range, so maybe not the bottom, but the mid range Samsung would be as impressive. So unfortunately, it's an investment, but it's what you do. So write it off. Um, <laughs> not a bad. So do the,
2: do the do the screens have a rating on them? Because uh, with nit, some like of production gear, they have a nit rating. Yeah.
1: Look, they they should, they could. They may do, but they—they're not. It's like not—it's not a thing that Apple publicizes. Put it that way. Um, yeah, sure. But if you were—if you were to dig deep into the rabbit hole, there'd be some sites that would do teardowns and there'd be, like, the nerdiest of nerds will have a device that will actually measure the nit rating of a of a device when they're reviewing it. So, if you were to pick a couple of models, so pick a Samsung model, pick an iPad model, and do enough digging online, I think you'll find some form of brightness comparison but the other thing mm-hmm. you've got to do is just make sure and i know it's obvious but make sure you jump into the settings and disable all of the auto stuff because yeah. they will also muck around with or like you've got to turn off the true tone and the uh, auto brightness and a whole range of things to make sure that you're getting the, the right level all the time mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I don't think it's published nit ratings so there's no comparison possible it's like apple doesn't publish milliamp hour rate numbers for their batteries you have to yeah, wait right. for someone to rip them apart and, and tear them down before you find that out. But it's just what they do. God love them. Um, but, yeah, that's – that's. Um, I don't think – I'll put it this way. I've I've used a phone, iPhone and, a, and an iPad for all the years I've been droning and have never really r- not enjoyed the, the screen. You know, there's always yeah. those times where it's just so friggin' bright that you, you need to stand in the shade um, <laughs> yeah, true or whatever. But that, that's going to give you the best outcome.
2: Nah, well, look. You know, sometimes you know, the, have the tailgate of the car up and sitting in the back of the car, looking out because it it's throwing shadows over screens. Certainly yeah. helps as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. You got to do the little things. But what? So, what sort of things do you do? You shoot?
2: Oh, look. I do a lot of television commercial. I do a bit of news locally yeah. out here. Nice. Um, sixteen years working for uh, one of the local uh, television stations. So, um, I've cut probably oh three thousand television commercials in, wow. in the region.
1: Yeah. And isn't it amazing the drone today? Like. You know, My kids can identify a drone shot on the TV, and you think far out five, ten years ago it was twenty thousand dollars to hire a chopper and do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, no,
2: I've been there, I've done those sort of it's work. Amazing, as well. been isn't hang, it? hanging hang out the side of helicopters, which is always the fun part of what I do. Yeah, true, but, but it's it amazing what you can cost do impractical.
1: from a backpack today. It's, yeah, just stunning. Exactly. it's just stunning, and the quality now. Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing to think how far we've come in just that – in just photography, videography, and then you add the aerial component to it, and you're like, wow, this is just crazy, crazy.
2: Yeah, well, it's, it's hard to watch TV without seeing some sort of aerial sort of shot. Yeah, no matter what commercial. I've noticed show even, it much even plays. the Today
1: Show when they do the, their weather um, cameraman up in Queensland, they've got they've started using it now as like a playoff shot and everything, even live. Like the it's just <laughs> it's awesome yeah. the way you can use yeah. a drone today. But yeah, well look,
2: I suppose that the downside of it was the drone is that anyone can do it, yes. which is is good, but. You know, there's all rules and regulations people aren't adhering to or are oblivious to, and it sort of tarnishes a few people.
1: Yeah, totally. And I, you know, I'm a dibbiddober when it comes to that stuff. I um, I'm happy to click report on something, and if if it's awful, if it's shocking, I'll send it straight to Casa. Um, yeah. Because you know what, people have got to know what the rules are, and I. You know, I'm going. So we're going to Hunter Valley in a couple of weekends. I said to the kids, we're going to take the drone because like, it's just beautiful up there, and we've got a house kind of on the hills. And it's like, I can't wait. But I also haven't checked the app yet because it's real close to Williamtown, and there could be yeah. a complete exclusion zone around where we're going. But you just got to do the basic checks. But when you've and it's funny, what I find is hilarious is people get annoyed with you know you can't fly it near your house or something, but they're the most boring shots you'll ever get. Go for a drive find a bit of coastline that has absolutely – has no helicopter problems or, or uh, air, airspace problems, go into the bush, go into the farms. Like there's some great shots you get that aren't your buddy co- community areas. It's it, They're the better shots. Well, exactly.
2: And for hobbyists, that you know, that's what they've gone and purchased it for, not yeah. just to be in the air, it's to be in the air somewhere significant.
1: Yeah. Anyway. All right, well, good luck tablet shopping, Grant. No worries. Thanks for that, Trevor. Appreciate Sorry it. if I've cost you a bunch of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. No worries. And if you've got a question like Grant, uh, jump on the website, eftm.com. And, yep, normally these phone calls end in you spending your money, and um, I'm happy to hear about it. <laughs> it gives me great pleasure. Uh, uh, we'll keep going with calls. Thank you for listening. Happy to help with any questions you've got. Trevor Long here and uh, you're listening to the EFGM podcast. G'day, Stephen. Yeah, hey, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, real good. What can I do for Absolutely you? Absolutely appreciate the call. What's
3: happening, mate? Uh, um, my mum, so she's turned 83 um, recently and she has a problem where she basically has fallen over a couple of times. Having had her knees replaced uh, a couple of years ago, she finds it hard to get back up. So what happens is if she falls, she sort of stays down and she's tripped over uh, recently and fractured two of her ribs. Oh, geez. And luckily we were there, but there was another time when she fell over and you know about four o'clock in the morning off to the bathroom yeah. and she basically sat there and couldn't reach the phone, mm. uh, couldn't get any form of assistance until basically I was coming over as I do on Sundays, and so she basically sat there for six hours waiting for me to come. The difficulty is, of course, is then when she locks the door, if she deadlocks the front door, we can't get in. And because the house was robbed many, many years ago, she's got protective screens and all the windows and that, so it makes it really difficult. So what I've been trying to work out is how do we get a way of being able to have a device and that, that allows her to get in touch with us if she can't get access to a phone so now let's the, let,
1: i mean you know this is a tough conversation because obviously everyone's different but how how alert is she how um like how with it is she, is she in terms of you know accepting gadgets in life that's the biggest challenge like my mum's not 83 she's 70 and she's still got a dumb phone so but you know trev's going to give her one for a birthday but uh i, I know it's going to result in a lot of calls but how will she accept technology in that sense
3: Oh, she's fine. So she's got she's had an iPhone that I've given her for ages. So she works with that. Um, She can actually send messages Mm -hmm. and she can you know look at the news on it and various other bits and pieces. And she used to love the iPad I had until she dropped it. And she would look at Netflix and various other bits and pieces.
2: Yeah, right.
3: Um, So she's not too bad with the technology. Um, So I think you know having a smart watch, and that's why basically I try to get in contact because. What sort of device? So um, there was the new. Um, I've heard you talk about previously about the, the space, watch for the space kids. Space talk life. Yep. 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 And so the space talk for now, what they call life for, for the yep. seniors. Yep. Biggest problem I've seen with it um, is the battery life. Yeah. You know, I don't need to do a GPS on it to track it down because I can no. usually track it down on Find My iPhone type type of things. Yep. But. The battery life, if it only runs for 8 to 10 hours and she gets up in the morning and she then heads out for the day, if it runs out and she has an issue, then it's not long enough.
1: So 8 to um, 10, are you reading that from like people's own experiences of it?
3: Yeah, because I went onto the website and mm. I then read the the comments that people had posted and they said basically it doesn't have – Enough. You know, they've all complained about the battery life if you use it to ping – and keep her aware turn.
1: of where the so, location is. So here, I, I've tested a lot of kids' watches, and, mate, I've struggled to get them part, to the end of school. Um, you know, like they put it on at 7.30 and it doesn't get to 3 o'clock. Um, and it's because I've got that, you know, I want to be able to open the app and see, like, cookie crumbs, where they've been and, and what, they're, what they're doing. As soon as you turn that off, you know, you get a whole day's battery life out of them because essentially it's just – it's it's waiting, for them to do something or you to do something. Now, you can at any point open the app and go, I want to know where they are, but it doesn't constantly record that, so you don't have like a history. And I think in, in your mum's case, you don't need that. You don't want that. So I would argue that turning off that function of the space talk will absolutely give you a, a, the, the battery life required. Um, I would also say that if you, you find that that doesn't happen, then it's refundable. I mean, that's just, that's just a, a failing of the device, right? But there are... You know, plenty of there's enough five star reviews of the Space Talk Life to to get a sense that that thing's pretty good, but if you want that feature of tracking and, and tracing essentially, um, then I I think that that I think that no Watch is going to help you with that. that like there's, yeah. there's no there's no device that does the tracking and tracing. So assuming that's not what you want, then my biggest concern with these things, and frankly the Apple Watch would be my other recommendation. But my biggest concern again is she's got to charge it every night. Like you, you need to know that she's going to put it on charge and you can buy her a really cool stand that sits on a bedside and it doesn't require – and the great thing about an Apple Watch, probably more than any of them, is it just, just place it down and it starts charging. It's literally that easy. You don't need to you know line it up with the connectors and stuff. It just happens. But then she needs to be ready and trained and, and keen to put it on getting out of bed because obviously getting out of bed is one of the risky areas.
3: Yeah, and that's – and so I've had an Apple Watch now for the last two years and the fall detection works actually pretty well. That's a good point. Over as and as that- long as
1: you turn it on, because um, I think it's in the settings, you've got to turn on fall detection. But that's a pretty amazing feature which literally makes the call for you. But but more importantly, I think you said she she might have a fall and will sit there because she's kind of unable to get up. It's not because she's unconscious. But if, it's, if you're unconscious, it will – if it has no action, it will just make an emergency call. If – You're able to get to it, then at least you can use the watch to make the phone call.
3: Yeah, and that and that was the choice. Otherwise, there's the the other ones, which are the necklaces that you wear, that basically a bit like a back to base security system. And but they're very expensive. I I was just going to say that thirty three to forty dollars a month. Um, And if I hope to, my mum stays around for quite a while um that becomes a very expensive proposition certainly worth it to keep us the safe. vital
1: call style alert bracelets and necklaces and things I think we need to be very clear they are without question the best solution right but for most people they're the they're the last piece of technology um, you use in the case of your elderly parents or grandparents before they're they're in assisted care essentially right um so y- you're you're still in the early phase where mum's good, just getting about, she's completely lucid, you know, she's cool. It's just when you have this this, this incident that, that you need, she needs to be able to get in touch. So actually, that the Apple Watch, the Space Talker are perfectly fine for that circumstance, but you just need to be constantly aware of if it's happening too much, then that's when you probably need to make that step up to the vital core because that's when, you, you know, the the extra one fall that doesn't result in her not being able to get up, but just is, she's either unconscious or immobile to be able to even interact with the watch. That's when you, I just don't want you relying on it. You know, so my biggest fear is that someone, you know, takes my advice on that and, and something happens to their elderly parent. And it's because of that device that should have been different. It should have been able to do whatever, which is why my biggest caveat is charging and putting it on needs to be put on before you get out of bed. So you can wear it in the shower. You can wear it every time. Everything you do during the day, except sleeping, um, put put it on the on the charger every time you put your head down, and put it off on your wrist every time you put your head up. Simple as that. Um, and
3: she's and she's actually pretty good at that because she has, obviously has to charge her iPhone every night. So she yep. and she does carry that around with her because yep. she has fallen. But again, as as you said, you know you're going to get get into the shower. You're going to get changed. to All these things. And that was the problem. She couldn't actually reach it when yeah. she fell over. And yeah. when Which she was is in the why bathroom. the watch,
1: you know, that's why it's on your wrist, right? It's it's there so that it's always accessible.
3: So how do you choose between the two?
1: Um, I, I, for you, I think it's quite simple. She's got an iPhone. You've got an Apple Watch. It, it's familiarity. Um, you don't need – you just need the basic one. You just need the SE. doesn't need to have blood oxygen <laughs> levels and stuff like that. No. Um uh, yeah, you just get the the, the most affordable uh, Apple Watch you can find um, because you know it. So when Mum rings and says, "But it's doing this," ah, well, you know because you've got one. Oh, it's that. It's that message that comes up or whatever it is. Why is it telling me to stand? Oh, you can just let me let me. When I come around, I'll change the app so it doesn't remind you of those things or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Whereas Space Talk, it's it's a new app. Uh, the app needs to be on your phone if you want to get the alerts. Uh, there's a couple of in intricacies about it that you might want to look into. Um, but it's also a much simpler watch. There's no doubt about that. But if mum's a kind of iPhone user, then I think you'll be fine with the Apple Watch.
3: Yeah, well, one of the features why I was leaning towards the Apple Watch is because if she just presses the crown and talks to Siri and says, you know, ring Steve. Yeah, um, spot on. She can get, yeah, and she's done that on a phone, and that's the way she communicates on the yeah. phone. So she's oh, actually... I was reasonably with, good.
1: I, I, t- I think I tweeted this or put on Instagram or something. I was at the dentist with my son a month or two ago, and there was a um, elderly lady was the you know patient before him. She came out, um, and I'm not saying you know, I don't know how old she was, but you know, she wasn't my mum. She was older, um, and she pulled out a phone. and the The lady behind the desk said, "Do you want me to call for someone to come pick you up?" And she goes, "No, that's fine." And she, um, she, she asked Siri um, to call ICE, and I went. Oh she's got her she's got her contact her husband listed as ICE which is in case of emergency and she's using Siri it was like this really awesome moment for me to go this is perfect this is exactly how it's meant to be used right Siri is actually less useful for me than it is for someone of age because of the amazing things that it can do so yeah set her up with the best Siri solutions program in people's names and 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 details and stuff and then I do think the Apple Watch is going to be the winner there. You just need to think about all those naggy things that happen with an Apple Watch. Like, um, I find Siri a bit naggy. She turns on too much. That raise to raise to listen is turned off. I, I want it so that I need to literally initiate Siri. I don't. I don't want Siri just coming on. I want the, the pressing the crown. And you can turn that off down the track if she starts. To, if it starts to become more of an issue where, you know, actually pressing the crowns a problem if she falls, then maybe we we change it to raise to listen. But again, I, as I say. This solution only works until you feel that she's beyond the point of this being um, a workable thing. In a few years from now, hopefully many years, and that's when you go right now. It's the family's got to invest in Vital Call or whatever the other alert system is.
3: Yeah, no, no. I appreciate the call because it's it it has been, and it becomes more worrying. And it's what products are out there, and you know I've got a limited. You know I listen to you every week on the radio, um, and. but I don't understand or don't know what there is beyond the three things that we've already discussed now. So, well, well I'll just give you one other thing, now. right?
1: I'll give you one other thing, right? So, yep. the watch is a definite solution. Get it, make it happen. The other solution I would recommend is is thinking about a camera of some sort. Um, um, there are amazing solutions coming that are good. Oh, I can't really recommend them because I haven't tested them, but that actually monitor the patterns of, of your mom. You know, is she has she got out of bed today? Is there movement in the bedroom? You know, um, has, is there movement in the bathroom? Because mum every morning she gets up, she goes to the bathroom. We all do. Right. So if there's no bathroom movement detected by 10 AM, you know, message Steven kind of thing. There's really cool stuff coming like that, but you could keep it real simple and just get a little, like a D link or, um, another wired. So plugged into the wall. There's no battery issues or anything. Um, she's got internet at home. Does she?
3: No, that's uh, one of the things we need to get her with uh, the NBN at some point. That way she can get Foxtel, um, yeah, God forbid. And yeah. that was something like that that would do it. yeah get her another I've tablet, got mate,
1: so she's got Netflix. But you, yeah, yeah. a Nest, little, you've got Nest now. Get another Nest. Get another Nest yeah. camera, the little indoor one. Um, and, mate, put pay the subscription for that 10 bucks a month. You can You can know that she's up and about. You can get alerts to those things. Or you just yeah. have it so that it's free and it's live view so that you can say, Mum... Like you can have the two-way audio situation, you know. I think yeah. two-way audio on a camera is way underrated. And I did it the other day to my kids and scared the but Jesus out of them in the morning. They were getting ready to get in the car, and they were singing. It was hilarious. They were singing a song. Dad's picking us up at the bus today. It was they were just being silly, and I come on the camera and I went, "Yes, I am. See you then." And they they laughed, but they freaked out, but they laughed. And it's a really great way to a keep in touch, but also for the elderly, it's a great way of connecting and going. We're here, just you know. Um, don't forget to ring us. I just just want to check in. She'll think it's a privacy breach. Put it in a corridor. Put it somewhere where it's not spying on her, but it's there so that you can use it. It's like a speaker into the home.
3: Yeah, no, I've got Nest cameras internally, and I've got obviously Arlo's outside that that all work well. The voice, Mm -hmm. we've used the voice because whistle to the dogs every now and again when they... And just to see, make sure they're still alive and happy in the house when we're out for the day. Yeah. But no, thanks for that. I I will – she has to move to the NBN at some point soon because they're going to switch off the Telstra service. So we have to do it. And I'll get the basic, um, you know, internet access as well as – she wants a home home. phone. She doesn't want to just move to mobile. So we'll take care of that. No, and I'll – And I can always take one of my Nest cameras from here, which is one of the more recent ones, and and pop it in there and see how it goes.
1: Even as a Um, test, you're right, spot on. Yeah, great idea. I appreciate it. I hope it goes well for you. And do let me know how it goes. Like, once you've got it for it, I'd really love to hear how she finds it, whether she finds it frustrating or whether it is actually a solution that that works for you. And remember, there's a bunch of other things going on in that watch, you know, from heart rate detection and other issues that it can detect as well that might just be really helpful along the way as well. So. (laughs) Yeah, well, it's a
3: birthday in two weeks, so totally. I'm sure the last thing she wants is a technology present, but no, nevertheless, that's not what she'll, she will
1: get. She'll appreciate it. All right, mate, thanks, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. Take care, Trevor. Appreciate it. Good Bye. On you. And if you got a question, that, that's a really fascinating subject, and I know we took a bit of time on it, but it's a fascinating subject. And, uh, you know... It's, it's this weird life uh, life stage thing and I talk about this often with Stephen Fennec uh, and there's other young tech journalists and I'm like, they don't even know what's coming to them when, they, you know, sure you got a baby but, geez, when your kids are older, there's a lot more required from you as a parent and it actually makes it harder to do the fun things that we do and the give the time that we do. And I, I was talking to someone the other day, Angus, who, who's a, a long-time friend of the show and, and friend of mine. Um, I said to him, I said, you know, when I get to Stephen's age, don't tell Stephen I said this. But the great thing is that my kids, like his, will already be will be older, and I'll have that extra freedom and stuff. But it's a life stage thing, right? My mom's not at that point yet where I need to worry about her in the way Stephen does. Stephen, that we just spoke to on the phone. Um, so, you know, I haven't yet experienced it. And actually, reviewing a product um, like one of those systems that you know monitors your, your parents' use, um, home usage, and stuff, is a very difficult thing unless it's needed. And it's only when it's needed that you start to understand it, um, which is the funny thing about tech reviews. To be honest, it's you know it's all well and good to um, to see a, a gamer review a console, but most people aren't hardcore gamers. So actually, reading my review, for example, of a console setup might be much more insightful as to how quickly it sets up and the different things. You know, uh, pe- that's why we all have a different bits and pieces about how we review stuff which is why people review read multiple things and not just one person's rantings about a product so anyway um very interesting insights and uh, and a good conversation to have so uh thank you very much and if you've got a question like that you can just get in touch trevor along with you get in touch if you've got a question eftm.com g'day Corey. G'day, Trevor. How you going, mate? Real good. You uh, you rang a while ago and we talked about Google Photos. Yes, we did, and How'd I finally finished my project. Wow! How long did it take? It have to be a. Uh,
4: it was a month project. Yep. Um, quite a few hours involved, but I'm glad I've done it. Yep. And it so, certainly so remind did as remind
1: us where where were the photos that you had and how were they stored originally?
4: Well, the issue, initial issue was getting photos. From an iPhone to a hard drive via yeah. the – I use a, a Mac computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite an arduous process. Oh, not yeah. easy. Yes. And it um, used to put me into uh, the Google
1: world. Yeah, Google and
4: photos, um, yeah. And uh, so I went down that road and have done it, uploaded them all and categorized them and tagged all the faces. How long did uh, it take from,
1: from, the, from the start of the process? I've wondered this because obviously I've had mine for years. You know, it's uploading thousands of photos a day. It's you know, you got to keep it open at night to kind of make it work and get it through. But how long before it started saying, "I've got some faces to recognise here"? Uh,
4: that was in, that was instant. As soon as I put uh, the first photos in, wow. it sort of started capturing those photo those faces. Um, a bit of tweaking because sometimes it doesn't pick yep. up the exact faces, um, and I've had to sort of re- I had to redo re- it twice, uh, which that sort of slowed the process down but it seems to have uh, leveled all out now and i've got all the faces there that i need to uh store
1: yeah cool and and, and have you tested out searching for random things like uh, objects oh yeah yeah like uh, my, my
4: wife uh, always says oh can you remember that photo he took uh, you know back in 2017 and i can't seem to find it and um so i'll go straight to google photos and put a couple of search strings in there, and within a couple of you know, seconds, I'll find the photo. Mm. Um, so whether it be a, a – I'll recall maybe a mountain in the background, off-top in mountain, and then a, and then sort of narrow it down and then look at dates. And So really very simple process to do it. My only, if I was going to fix it up, I would allow for maybe manual tagging of faces because sometimes it doesn't automatically pick it up.
1: So um, it's a good point. So if you're looking at a photo – uh, you can't, like, click on a face or draw a square on a face and say this is a, an individual and here's who they are, can you? you That's need, right, it yeah. It needs to come up as an unknown face before you can tag it. In mine, I've got thousands of unknown faces. It's like I'm not even going to bother scrolling through all these.
4: <laughs> yeah. That would be the – my biggest thing would be to uh, fix that or uh, manual tagging up. It would okay. be good.
1: What what, what other things – so how uh, you've got it on your phone now. You've freed up space or you've, you've got the photos accessible what next? Like, have you found you're viewing your photos more or are you using them as kind of a, you know, albums in any way?
4: Yes. um, Well, we search through it and the uh, the kids are always going back to and looking at photos and opening up some memories that way. Um, But for me, I'd like the the, the ability to be able to randomise it and have a bit of a, put on the TV, for example, a constant uh, slideshow of random photos. Um, So we do use them, but it's sort of, Based on a search pattern where you're look, wanting to look at a certain period well, of time. I'm going
1: to cost you some money here. Here's what I want you to do: I want you to go to JB Hi-Fi or Harvey's. I want you to buy the new Google Chromecast. I think it's just called Chromecast with Google TV, right? And I'm sure once I set that up, the, the one up that I've got in the office, there was an option as I'd finished setting it up about the screensaver, and it said, "Do you want to use your Google Photos?" And I I think it just chose an album. Like I just chose. It, it won't use your whole library. But you can choose okay. an album. And I've got uh, – I think I've got an autom- – is it automatically created album that is just like family and friends? It's just automatically populating, you know, an album of my family and friends? It's – I've got a—I've got an album that is just um, the kids, for example. So, you know, once you choose that album – and we've got like a family trip to the USA album and, you know, you choose the album you want as your screensaver and it will come up as the Google TV Screensaver, and if you just set the google tv as your hdmi input by default and put it on that when you finish watching tv you got people around the other thing is when you're having like a birthday party for you know nana's birthday you just create an album of nana and you can put up a slideshow and off it goes so mate, i don't think it's perfectly what you want but i th- i think you'll find the the concept is is there excellent okay
4: well i do have a, a google chromecast Uh, the the
1: the new one the new one is different so the current the old Chromecast was a was a dumb device until you um, until you sent something to it Um, okay so mine is in the office it's just showing you know random beautiful photos from around the world although I'm pretty Mm. sure you can customize that as well so just just do some searching about Google Chromecast screensaver. And you might even be able to use it with your current existing one and you can just set it so that it uses your family photos as opposed to the random internet ones that come up. Because if you leave your Chromecast on with nothing on it, it's just a beautiful photo and a time. Mm. And when you're in Google Photos and you go create an album, you give the album a title and then it's either selecting photos or selecting people and pets and you just choose the people that you want in the album. So you just choose your family and they're the the only photos with your family in it will appear in the album.
4: Well, that does sound good. I will test that out.
1: Um, and that
4: new Google uh, Chromecast. What sort of um, period are we talking? Is it like only brand brand
1: new? It's a, yeah. It's like this. It came out two weeks ago.
4: Oh, I see. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's, right. You know, you know, it's different because it's got a remote control. So it's its own. You don't need your smartphone. You can install apps on it. Um, so yeah, it's got its own remote control. So you don't need to cast to it. You can install the Ko app. You can install Netflix. You can install Stan. All that kind of stuff. So it's like it is. Honestly, um, it, it's, it's product of the year for me at this point. Wow. Okay, yeah, it's a cracker. All right. Well, thank good you very for much, me, Corey. Thanks for updating me, mate. I love hearing back from people when something's gone well.
4: <laughs> See you later, Trevor. Thank you. Cheers,
1: mate. Um, if and if if we've spoken on the phone and something's gone or maybe it hasn't gone well for you, uh, get in touch. I'd, I'd love to hear about it. Um, I learn as you learn, and other people listening learn as I learn. So all good fun. Uh, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM podcast. Trevor, along with you, helping you out with your tech questions or any other questions you've got. G'day, David. Hey, Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you?
2: Um, I would like to know what the um, best speaker or speakers are uh, to use with
3: iPods, and also if you know uh, what uh, cast, speaker, uh, cast stereo system, the best for iPods.
1: Now, when you say iPod, David, what iPod have you got? Uh, It's um, the latest model, I think I just bought one recently So it's a little Um, touchscreen one Yeah Okay, cool So yeah, it's it's the current It looks like an iPhone But without a phone, yeah? Correct Yeah, that's right Yeah, it looks exactly
3: like an iPhone A bit smaller
1: Yeah, it's called an iPod Touch So here's the great thing Pretty much any speaker Will work with that Because it's got Bluetooth You don't need one that You know, has a little Docking station for it With a lightning connector That's just old school these days So to be honest, um, you know, I love the JBL brand of speakers. They they have w- literally a speaker of every size and every price bracket. So all you need to do is say, hey, I want to spend $200, and you buy, it's probably the JBL Flip 5 or something like that. Uh, if you only want to spend $50, bucks, then there's a $50 one as well. Do you know what I mean? Like there's the more you spend, the bigger and the better the speaker. And that's, yeah, I, frankly, that's the case with pretty much every speaker on the market. If you go right. to JB Hi-Fi, The more you spend, the better it's going to be. Now, there is a caveat to that that says, look, there's some kind of no-name brands um, that will look bigger and be the same price as a smaller Sony. Like, let's say there's a Sony and a JBL that are like $200, and then there's some other brand you've never heard of that's $200, but it's like double the size, then that's where I'd go, hang on a minute, hang on. (laughs) Like, if a Sony... I probably would go the Sony or the JBL in that case. So there's, there is that kind of how good is it really going to sound thing. So, mate, any Bluetooth speaker and your budget will work beautifully with that iPod. In terms of car stereos, again, pretty much all car stereos now do work with um, iPod. Um, the question is, are you putting a new head unit in the car or are you looking in terms of something that's existing within your car?
3: i'll pr- probably look at that put in a new new headed unit in it that would make a, a better a better a stereo what sort of phone yeah. do you have uh it's an ipod, uh, iPod i meant it's iphone yeah so
1: here's a real important question why do you have an iPod if you' got an iphone
3: uh yeah well, good point um <laughs> uh, well i probably bought the uh, original ipod before um they were sort of big, big with the yeah. iphones i yeah. suppose but um i, I don't know I just like and that's probably stupid. But I
1: just like to keep them separate. Okay. So is your music yeah. not on your phone? Uh yeah. Yep. Well, okay, mate. Your core, mate. It's just it's it's overkill. It's an extra it's an extra gadget yeah. to carry around. But here again, I've I've only added a Pioneer after unit um, head unit to my car. What I would do is say to you this though: when you get an after unit head unit, make sure it is CarPlay compatible. Now, your iPod, I don't think, will do CarPlay. But what I'm saying is, look, there may come a time when you go, actually, I should just plug the phone in. Also, plugging your phone into CarPlay is the safest way to use your phone while you're driving. Um, but if you play, if you have a CarPlay compatible stereo, it means it's got all the latest. It is the best in the business. You plug your iPod in, it will, it will absolutely recognize the iPod and it will work. So okay. that would be my recommendation. Alpine, okay. Pioneer, but Pioneer is probably the, the better brand. They were first to market with CarPlay in Australia. I'm a big fan of their their stuff, so that would be where I'd go with it, Dave. Pioneer, you said Trevor. Yep. That's it, mate. That's it. Yep. Good Great. luck, buddy. All right. Uh, thanks for the help, Trevor. Appreciate Cheers, mate. It. No worries at all. Um, if you've got a question, you can get in touch. Um, what about that? It's got an iPod. I literally had to go, what iPod is available still? And they went, oh, the iPod Touch. It's what my kids have. But, you know, what? I was watching a, a thing with Daniel Ricciardo, and he still carries around an old school uh, iPod, and it's like a time capsule for him, but he likes it being separate. Now, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he doesn't use it all the time because I've seen him with Bluetooth headphones and stuff, and that they ain't working with an iPod Classic. So, yeah. Um, it's it's a it's an interesting solution for people that want to keep their music separate, but I want it all in one device. don't know about you. Let me know what you think. Go to the website, eftm.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Trevor Long, and Facebook, uh, facebook.com forward slash Trevor Long. Now, the other one I want to tell you about today, um, I sent this to Daniel uh, to write because he's in Canberra uh, or Queen Britain, but but um, kind of very familiar with the Australian War Memorial. But I, I, it wasn't until after he published it and I was looking for things to talk about on the radio this week that I went, wow, this is awesome. Now, the Australian War Memorial, we all know, unbelievable institution, um, unbelievable um, museum's the wrong word. It's a memorial, it's, but it's an unbelievable museum of our Australian war history and the things that go on there, the, the, the exhibitions are just f- are fundamentally amazing. It's, it's, a, it's a brilliant thing. But what they've launched is a, a 3D collection. So they've taken a, a bunch of items um, from the War Memorial Collection, 25 of them at the moment, and there'll be more, and they have digitised them. Now, by that, I don't mean... They've taken a photo. I mean, they have created highly accurate 3D models of these objects. I'm actually just on the awm.gov.au website to try and find out how you get there um, without going directly to the URL, which is at eftm.com. The URL is awm.gov.au forward slash 3D Treasures. And um, and it's just really annoying that it's not on the homepage. But anyway, leaving that aside, go to 3D Treasures. Um, Memorial embarks on 3D Exhibition, October 20. That's it there. And then there's a website. Yeah, so they actually link to it on their media release. Anyway, awm.gov.au forward slash 3D Treasures. And what you find, there are 25 items. Now, there's uh, there's an engine cowling. There's a, a, a nurse's working dress. There's a there's a bed. There's a camera. There's a shell casing. There's a body armor. There's an artificial leg from the Second World War. There's a flying helmet. Um, there's a damaged boot. There's a helmet and there's a the rifle button. Now here's I'm going to click on the rifle button. It says um, Farrier Sergeant Percy King. Uh, when the South African Boer War started in 19, 1899, two Boer republics called upon male citizens. And it goes into great detail about the war. And then it talks about the item. It says, this example um, of a weapon was carved uh, into the Lee Einfeld rifle, Lee Infield rifle of Farrier Sergeant Percy. So it's a beautiful carving of the Australian coat of arms. He has carved into his own rifle butt. And the thing is, it's not a photo, I can drag my mouse and twist it around so that I can see the back, the bottom, the left, the right. And man, it is the most majestic piece of artwork you'll, you'll see. Because I, I can see his carvings and I can twist it all the way around. They've, I don't know what technology they have used to digitise this product but it is magnificent. It genuinely is beautiful to look at and, and to be able to explore these items. So the helmet, for example, you look up inside. It's not just a you know, top-down thing, and it's great detail. You can zoom in on it. I encourage everyone to look at this because there's a story to be told about every item. There's a beautiful piece of technology to, to appreciate, um, and then there's an education to, to pass on. And it's just fascinating bit of technology that allows them to do um, this wonderful, wonderful um, digitization, which is obviously takes time. Um, it's not an easy thing to do. And it's just beautiful. It's a really amazing way to do it because we can't all get to Canberra and, and see these things. But now we can kind of take them in virtually. They've done an amazing job. It's an absolute credit to the whole team at the Australian War Memorial who've done that, and and they should be very proud of what they've done because, honestly, I've, I've talked about it all week on the radio, and, and it's just brilliant. It's so great to look at. Um, it, it's uh, it's obviously taken them a long time. Um, it's a first of its kind for the, for the War Memorial. Um, they say there will be more to come, more than these 25 objects. Uh, and... Um, I should say, and I'm happy to say this because of the big Boeing logo on the page. Financial support for the online exhibition was provided by corporate partner Boeing. Um, Dr. Brennan Nelson, president of Boeing, who used to, he used to be the president of the War Memorial, didn't he? Brennan Nelson. He was very good at that job, so he's now gone to Boeing and he's you know using his influence to make sure the War Memorial gets funding. Good on him. Um, that's fantastic. I really like that. I'm pretty sure he was the, he was the boss of the War Memorial for a while, or the custodian. Um, so, there's really, really cool. I, I love what you're going to see there, and it's well worth uh, looking at. So, what happens is, I think that if you are also browsing those items, no, see, they've got a lot of work to do to integrate it, though. It's not integrated into the normal memorial website. Um, but anyway, just go to the website awm.gov.au forward slash 3D treasures, and you will be down a rabbit hole very quickly. It's a, it's a wonderful exhibition. Yes, isn't it? Thank you for listening. Norm's on the line. G'day, Norm. Uh, g'day, Trev. I've got I a bit of a buddy?
0: problem with uh, an internet connection. Yeah. I've, just, I've just moved into a, a new area, mm-hmm. and uh, or new to me, and the area is serviced by Telstra's um, Velocity.
3: Ah,
1: oh, so it's a fibre-to-the-home network, which is a good win because it's big bucks, it's big speed, but it's also big dollars for Telstra fibre, yeah?
0: Correct. And the problem is I'm not with Telstra, and uh, I don't intend to be with Telstra. Um, my internet provider is Primus. Yeah. Now, Primus tell me all they can do me is ADSL2 because they have an issue with Telstra. Yeah. And uh, so I've been on a bit of a um, on a bit of a drive around to the local um, uh, internet providers, yep. and uh, they all say the same: they yeah. don't want to deal with so, Telstra.
1: Well, it's not that they don't want to deal with Telstra; it's just that that's Telstra built that network, um, yeah. And and under the terms of the agreement with the the developer of the network of the of the area, um, Telstra had exclusivity to that network, so. Uh, you know, back in the day when Telstra owned the copper, there was no competition in mo- in in mobile fo- in phones, let alone um, in internet. But then you had regulation that required them to you know open up their services, and more people could use it. And then we had the NBN come along, and the point of the point of the NBN was that it was it was a telco agnostic. So you've got the connection, you choose the telco. But unfortunately, the Telstra Velocity is not part of the NBN. It's Telstra's network. They're the only people that can provide you with internet service there norm do not sign up for adsl through iprimus just sign up with telstra it's better internet faster internet there'll be no complaints it's just you have to change telcos mate unfortunately that's the that's the luck in that area
0: okay i was under the impression that the nbn was going to absorb these telstra
1: networks if if and when they do happy days you can switch away from Telstra. But right now, they have not absorbed that network. um, So you don't have that option. It's as simple as that. It could be months or years. I mean, it could be a very long time. I don't know. But the bottom line is, other than ADSL, (laughs) your only option is Telstra Fibre. And I mean, look, it's annoying that it's non-competitive, but... Gee whiz, mate! It's it's still good internet. So sign up with Telstra, and then wait until and mate the the local community will be alight with people switching as soon as the NBN's available. So if and when that happens, don't worry, you won't. You'll, you'll know about it. <laughs> good on you, mate. Thanks All very right, much. Good luck. Um, sorry about that, Norm. But uh, yeah, that's a pain. It's it happens. There's a few places in the country that are like that. Um, but it's it is very rare broadly. But um. You know, so goes life. Not much you can do about it, unfortunately, normally. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh got a question, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Travel along with you. G'day, John.
5: G'day Trev. Uh, yeah, look, we've uh, we've got satellite M B N. Uh, we're only about twenty minutes out of Perth uh, in the Swan Valley, uh, and the satellite is uh, is absolute rubbish. They, we have got uh, we believe M B N to the node going past our property. We've got five acres, and we just don't seem to be able to get any sense as to when we'll be able to get that connected.
1: So, when when you say you think you've got fibre to the node going past the property, um, what, what makes you say that for a start?
5: Uh, DataTel have been laying the cable uh, out the front, going up to a new subdivision, 300 metres up the road.
1: Yeah, right. So, because new subdivisions essentially get um, get well, they try to always give a a greenfield's solution, which means basically they build the NBN into the into the infrastructure, just like they do water and electricity. It's all built in. Um, but unfortunately, they don't like when they run it up the road. It's not like they they run it so that they can pop it into all the other places as well. Yeah, it's a I guess it's economies of scale thing. There's about to be 20 homes there. It's It makes sense to run the thing. Um, but unfortunately, it doesn't mean that anyone in the area is going to retrospectively uh, be given access to um, the, the new network that they roll down there. The only thing that's going to happen maybe down the track is um, with this whole push uh, in the next four years to, to improve the number of people that are on the fibre network is there may be some upgrades, but there's there's been zero talk of... Of bringing satellite customers to fixed line, um, it's just the nature of where you live, mate. Unfortunately, the the topography, the 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 distance. I know it's close, but it's you know it's still you you would call it kind of semi-rural. You know, it's it's the it's the wineries, right? It's the it's that area. It's not a yep. highly populated area, and you can see that on a map. But and it really only on NBN you on the
5: Indian website. It says the build
1: has commenced. So it says the build has commenced for but, at our at our address. So it, do- it doesn't say. I thought you sent me a thing that said it says you've got Sky Muster and you know that's the connection you've got.
5: Yeah, we we have we've got we've got uh, the uh, iiNet uh, satellite, but when you type in the NBN, it says that oh, the build has, comm- has commenced for NBN in the ground.
1: Oh well, that's good news, mate. Maybe it is. So here's what we'll do. Um, I will I will send you a quick note. And what I want you to do is I want you to reply to me with the exact address. Don't give it to me now because then everyone will know it. Um, and I will ask the, – there's a the most amazing NBN person, Jane, is is just – looks after all my Western Australian uh, legends over there. So I will ask Jane to find out whether or not that build does include that, you know, fitting of you for fixed line. Mate, rolling the dice, hopefully it will, I guess. But um, – Time is of the essence. Oh, you, oh, I'll come back to you, you come back to me, and we'll see if we can get you a resolution as quick, smart. The other thing you need to do is just, I mean, what, when you say the MBN's rubbish, the satellite's rubbish, because you want higher speeds, you want higher data allowances, what, what is it that you don't like?
5: Speed and allowance, yep. Yeah. yep. If we if we download one Netflix film, we're, we're all out. It starts to be, um, shape.
1: Yeah, wow. It's, uh, it's not good. If that's the no. kind of performance you're looking for, is it? Um, yeah.
5: if you can do that mate that'd be great you'd be a champ
1: alright leave it with me um, I'll send you a note and if you reply with the details uh, we'll go from there great stuff thanks hey, Trev what do what you just I'm just looking at Google Maps right in the area there's this like it looks like an airstrip but it's a dirt airstrip
5: yeah just north of us a little bit it's a it's a pre uh, well, I guess World War 2 sort of strip that they've got up there and they also did uh, some uh, motor racing up there as well
1: really like it's a weird looking I mean it's it's just—it's a weird thing to see a dirt uh, set of runways with trees trees along them. Uh, in, you know, as you say, so close to Perth. You know, like it's a really weird looking thing. I love looking at satellite maps. kind of. Well,
5: can... yeah. Look, that 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 uh, that airstrip is between Pierce Air Base for the Air Force mm. and Perth Airport.
1: Right. Bloody hell. Yeah. Very yeah. strange. All right. Good man. alright Well, I'll I'll get Bye. in touch and we'll try and help you out, buddy. Thanks, mate. You're a champ. Thanks, mate. See what we can do. There's have some good people at um, at the NBN, so hopefully I'll be able to get a date or a time or or an answer. Maybe, just maybe, there's not going to be a fixed line. We'll soon, find out. EFTN. You're
0: listening to the EFTN podcast. EFTN.
1: Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Uh, I appreciate you listening each and every week and uh, telling me about that. Um, if you haven't already done so, tell me where you're listening, how you're listening. Tell me what you love, what you hate. Uh, it's my show. I can do what I want. How good is it? Um, and that's the great thing about it. So don't, don't, don't hold back. Be kind, but you know, then you throw. You know, it's kind of like a sucker punch. If you've got something bad to say. You gotta, you gotta say something nice first. That's all. That's all I ask. It's been a rough week. There's a lot going on. Um, and I can tell you right now, the next couple of weeks are going to be massive. There are things in this office that I cannot begin to tell you about. But when I can, I will. Uh, you'll hear about them. Um, I'll be recording again with Stephen Fenick this week. Two blokes talking tech. Subscribe and listen to that as well. The full breakdown of all the tech news of the week. Um, but thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading the EFTM podcast. I'll talk to you next week.